This is a presentation of Dawnforge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 739, launch date recrafted. Today's sponsor is Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2021. That's bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2021. Nearly 500,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. We're also sponsored by Amazon Music Unlimited. Check them out at getamazonmusic.com slash allthingsas, where they have over 70 million songs across all different styles. Again, that's getamazonmusic.com slash allthingsas to get your free trial today. Coming to you from the exotic land known as Canada, eh? You're listening to another episode of All Things Azeroth. Now we present your awesome hosts, the always stalwart and honorable Maedros, the commander of the fell and master of demons, Death, the non-vegan meat shield, my warrior brother, Toasty, and the high priestess of the Everlight, Allie. She ain't from Canada, but it'll work. It's the internet. Just go with it. They are bringing you your news from the world of Warcraft. This is All Things Azeroth! And welcome back to All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I am your host, Medros. With me, I have Allie. Hey, Allie. Hello. How are you tonight? Not too bad. You know, when you can survive a Monday, it's it's good. It's good. I generally approve of surviving Mondays. They're yeah, generally yeah. good to get through. And, uh, you know, we've got some exciting stuff coming up this week in games, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, like, I'm sure there's, like, some festival or some world event going on, so it's fine. Uh, we also have back with us Toasty. Hey, Toasty, how you doing there, bud? Hello. I'm doing okay. I'm, it's been a, it's been a rough day. (laughs) But you have recovered from your second shot. Yes, I have. And you are now one week away from being fully 5G upgraded. Correct. All right. I am a week and a half away from being fully 5G upgraded. Yay. Grazie. Roughly or so. It's almost there. And I think Fan gets his tomorrow, right? Today. Today? Oh, you got his today? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Look at that. Every The whole crew is getting their shot. And we're all going to be upgraded to the high-quality 5G service, so that's good. <laughs> I, I just think that's just such a silly thing. But anyways, uh, but how, how's your how's your couple weeks been in, in game? Um, It's been pretty good, honestly. Uh, we spent a lot of the past couple of weeks just um, pushing uh, Mythic Pluses for the first time, like consistently in uh in game have been having a lot of fun with that we've had a couple different guild groups going which has been a lot of fun even managed to knock out a sanguine deaths which was um fun. awful okay but you know we got through it uh and um last week uh, ran through some Torgas, attempting to get the Twisting Corridors mount. We're, we're, at, we're at the halfway mark, so unfortunately uh, it's not looking like we're going to get it done before 9.1 because, you know, stuff. Uh, and it'll be useless as of tomorrow, right? Yes. Okay. Well, not useless. It, it's still a mount. I still want the mount. So I'm gonna go ch- but I'm it's no longer needed it. for its Correct. purpose. 
Okay. Yes. Uh, what else did I do? I spent some time leveling up my arcane mage. Just a lot of, just a lot of little stuff in WoW that I didn't really have time for because raiding was predominantly my play style kind of thing. But yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that, and um, now I'm gonna gear up to get ready for for raided soon again. Cool. And, and about, when when do you guys plan to get back into raiding? Um, the day it releases. Pro. Oh, not the All not right. the day it releases. The week it releases. I assume. Okay. So, Ali, how's your week in WoW been? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm still doing mount runs, and not not getting them, but that's okay. That's okay. Did a little more leveling of rogue. Not as much as I would have liked, but that's okay. But we did, you know, as Toasty alluded to, we did some uh, Twisting Corridor runs, which it's really fun. And I also, it, it gave me a good chance to see the difference in Twisting Corridors from, you know, a couple months ago when I last tried it to now when I'm actually like more geared and that kind of thing. Plus, I realize it's a lot quicker when you are with people. So between that and getting better gear, it was not, it didn't take as long as I was expecting, which is nice. And... Yeah, I want them out. Even though, I mean, everyone can mount up soon in the Maw. But I'm a Worgen, so it means I've been able to, you know, do my Worgen thing through the Maw anyways. But I still want them out because mount. Yeah. And I still like Torghast and everything. So it was fun just in general to get in there again and be with some friends and do it. And it was good. You know, we accomplished things together and that was nice. Yeah, I mean... We all know how much I love Torghast, and as much fun as Twisting Corridors has historically been for me, it does get a little long-winded after a little while. And um, the, the and, and the Twisting Corridors part is especially long. Like, the, the normal Torghast stuff is fine, but Twisting Corridors... <clears throat> eh, but going through with a bunch of different guild groups and stuff like that, that was a lot of fun. Just seeing the random combinations of powers working together and all that, or um, accidentally taking a power that uh, hurts your party because you didn't fully read the text regarding it. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Luckily, it was on like a late floor, so our health pools were significant. I think right. on that specific run, I ended up having more health than Arlie, who was in uh, tank spec. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah, was not expecting that. And it was it was also fun just seeing Sarah like, summon all the ads for while he was in, in Unholy spec. So right. there's, the, there's the one thing where when you use your death gate, you summon a horseman. He got that power on both runs three times so he's summoning three horsemen every time he popped a death gate in addition to that he comboed some he comboed some anima powers that um like refreshed his refreshed his death grip his um yeah his gorfin's grasp or whatever it is yeah. and every time he used that it would summon another like skeleton ad for him or whatever so at one point, I remember, I vividly remember him having like the three horsemen up plus a small platoon of like 15 or 18 skeletons fighting for him. 
So is this would be why when I tuned into your stream, it seemed like you had an army behind you? Yeah, because we literally had an army, thanks to Sarah. Okay. All right. What was cool about it is, like, the skeletons that he had hanging out with him were actually forming proper ranks if they had enough space to. Like, oh, look at that. They're evenly spaced. They're in ranks of three. That's that's cool. It was a nice little detail for the army cadet kid that I used to be. Yeah, it, it does get pretty awesome. And once you do actually have the gear and you go into Twisting Corridors, by the end, it's kind of in god mode. As long as you've gotten you know, the right abilities and anima powers. And it it could be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. We we did have an interesting conversation throughout that entire throughout the um, both nights about twisting corridors, and I think and what I think is kind of missing from twisting corridors when you compare it to normal ro- to the, the normal roguelike is a sense of progression outside of the raw number progression in terms of layers or floors. Because in the traditional roguelikes, you you have that. Thing where your power increases and it's kind of a permanent thing and we're going to see that a little bit in 9.1 with that um, I forget what it's called now the vestige of something and honestly the only reason I remember it being called a vestige is because of critical role <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be really cool to, it'll be really interesting to see how that whole system works out yeah definitely Anyway, enough about that uh, and, and bothering on my tour guest. Allie, did you have anything else? Uh, no, that that's pretty much it. So how was your week in WoW Metros? I logged in and, and did stuff and killed stuff and, and did quests and such. Well, like, yeah. So I did some callings. Uh, actually... Didn't realize I was close to getting a um, uh, what am I thinking about? Uh, sorry, I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize I was close to getting a paragon. Uh, but I did the a wild hunt, um, calling and got a paragon there. I didn't get anything interesting out of it. Got got it some gold and stuff. But that's about it. Um, and then uh, logged back in the next day, two days in a row. I was shocked. Uh, let me tell you about that. That was, that was quite a interesting fortuitous, fortuitous uh, event where I could actually lock in two days in a row. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I, I was just going around and, uh, doing some stuff here and there. Uh, just trying to, you know, get caught up and get back into the feel of it. Because I, I do plan to play, uh, when, when the new patch hits. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, didn't do a whole lot, uh, I think I did a total of five callings this week. Did the world boss, uh, of course, got no loot, because why would I? Um, and, uh, yeah, made a bit of gold and, and stuff. Uh, only allowed with one character. Uh, I did not get any more, uh, pet charms this week. Uh, not the mission in my uh, Legion uh, Legion part of the app did not have that for my main. So uh, I'm currently, I think, just over 300 of them, I think. 
but uh, yeah, I actually logged in. So, you know, I figured that was pretty good progress. I did actually complete the Anima and the uh, Souls quest for the week. So I uh, got a bit of gold and, and stuff from that. Um, my first calling that I did gave me uh, a level 200 conduit. Uh, and that was the last one I needed. So all of my conduits are currently 200. Uh, so that was, that was something. Uh, I always wondered what would happen because I assumed from my sourcing, which is callings, that the cap was probably going to be level 200 of those. Uh, so all of my conduits are 200. Uh, at some point, I'm sure probably after this patch, I'll probably see those start upgrading even more. Uh, but, uh, I did complete that, which wasn't something I was actually trying for, uh, but it was definitely something that I was intrigued to see if I could actually do or not. So, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, otherwise, not really a lot happening this week for me. Uh, didn't, didn't log in a lot, just logged in, uh, here and there when I was able to. So, uh, I was pretty happy with that. And hey, I logged in, so, you know, that's a start. You always gotta start somewhere. Well, I'm sure you're going to find more reasons to log in later this week. I have no idea what you're talking about, but let, let us talk a bit about our first sponsor before we get into that, shall we? Yeah, sure. So our newest sponsor are the great folks over at Amazon Music Unlimited. You can check them out at getamazonmusic.com slash allthingsaz, where they have over 70 million songs, thousands of playlists and artists, including our artist this week, 24K Golden. Uh, it's a bit of a different vibe for what I for the music I usually pick, but it still fits that summer thing I'm trying to go for. This specific track is City of Angels out of their Dropped Out of College album. So if you want to check them out, you can go to getamazonmusic.com slash allthingsaz. And we want to thank Amazon Music for their support of the show. So this week in WoW, we've got a few things. The Midsummer Festival is continuing on. That runs until the 5th of July. We've also got the Torghast event, Beasts of Prodigum, that goes from the 29th of June to the 5th of July. And then the Shadowlands Dungeon event, again, from the 29th of June to the 5th of July. But that's not all that's coming up this week. There's a very there's a very important thing that's happening this week that uh, I believe the last show I was on anyway. We spent a lot of time complaining about. Um, more dungeons? I don't know what to about. Well, how are we getting those? How are we getting those dungeons there, Medros? <sighs> Fine. So, uh, in roughly twelve-ish hours, I think or so, the servers are going down, uh, and when they return, uh, we will be in patch nine point one. Uh, it will be releasing tomorrow, June twenty-ninth, here in North America, of course, on the thirtieth in Europe and overseas. Uh, and we're getting lots of content with this. So, um, some of the content, we, we, we already talked about a bunch last week. Um, but some of the content that's been kind of clarified since then, uh, Season 1 Mythic Plus Achievements, Castle Nathria Cutting Edge, will be available until the next, until the weekly reset on July 6th. So you have one extra week before all that stuff gets cut off. Um, as well, Great Vault loot on July 6th will award based on activity in 9.0, so we'll offer Season 1 item level gear instead of Season 2. Uh, Great, Vault gear, Great Vault gear will begin offering Season 2 gear on the 13th slash 14th of July. Max Mythic Plus gear uh, reward of 252 requires a plus 15 completed. Uh, we also have the content schedule for 9.1. 
Uh, on the 6th of July slash 7th of July, we'll have normal and heroic difficulties of Chains of Domination launching. Season 2 of PvP, uh, Tazavesh, and Mythic Plus Season 2. Uh, July 13th slash 14th, we'll see Raid Finder Wing 1 and Mythic Difficulties. Uh, the Terror Grew, the Isle of Jailer, and the Nine. Uh, then on the 27th slash 28th, Raid, Raid, Raid Finder Wing 2, Soul Winter Dormazin, Remnant of uh, Ner'zhul, and Painsmith Raznal. Raz, uh, August 10th and 11th, we'll have Wing 3, which is Guardian of the First Ones, Faith Scribe Rukalo, and Kel'Thuzad. And then the 24th, 25th, we'll have Raid Finder Wing 4, which is just Sylvanas Windrunner. And I amusingly say just Sylvanas Windrunner. Uh, so that's kind of what we're looking at for a schedule of when things are going to be releasing. Um, going to be a very busy next few weeks uh, for those who are into the rating slash really any scene. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really busy time. Um, now I, I did, I did watch some videos this week and I, I need to clarify some stuff, some stuff. So, uh, I, I, I want to clarify that the mega dungeon is so metal. It even has a rock band encounter and the, <laughs> Mega Dungeon has an infinite pirate dragon. You know, it's almost like they want a metal hut to play this new Mega Dungeon. If only it had something for a country loving metal metalhead. Too bad. I'm okay with it not having anything for a country metalhead. Country loving metalhead. I mean, you gotta get it right, Toasty. Sorry, country loving metalhead. Yeah, get it right. Gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, so what are you guys excited for and uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on what we're getting in the next several weeks? Uh, first of all, I can't wait for Tazavesh. Um, the mega, the mega dungeon looks like there it'll be go. a lot of fun and, um, it's just something else to do outside of raid and which is always exciting and like significantly lower pressure. <laughs> so that's always fun. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to all the Torghast changes. We've got so many Torghast changes that make it more akin to a traditional roguelike with that kind of permanent progression thing uh, and the scoring system behind that. Uh, the changes to Mythic Plus, specifically with the scoring, um, especially since we've gotten kind of um, the, f the final numbers for it. Um, it's making that Keystone Master thing like not not look as terrible as it did previously, which is nice. Um, there are still people complaining about it, but that's just the nature of of being on the internet. Not everybody's going to agree with you, but the seeing the new numbers and seeing how much those numbers can be affected by stuff like timing and all that other stuff, it, it helps it feel more achievable, even though I might not achieve it. And obviously the raid. I'm looking forward to the raid so much. Um, I can't remember which fight it is, but there's... The, I think it's I think it's a terror group fight where we get... Uh, where we get anima powers. And I, I don't want to see what those anima powers are. I, I, I legit haven't looked at anything for the fights. Like, um, I'm doing... 
I'm going to do my prep work before, and that's, like, like before we get in there, and that's about it. So, I know there's one fight where we get anima powers, and I'm excited to see which ones we get, and how, and how that'll affect the fight. Fair enough. How about you, Toasty? Yeah, how about you, Ali? Sorry. I just, I just went. Jeez. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm looking forward to the mega dungeon. No, but seriously, uh, I am looking forward to that very much. So. I'm really looking forward to story. We are getting some great story bits that I am super eager to just sink my teeth in and dissect and just swim around in it and enjoy it. Very, very excited for that. And the raid, Sanctum Domination, it's looking awesome. I cannot wait. And actually, uh, something I do want to bring up is there are some people who created this amazing little mini eight almost eight bit looking game called the sanctum of pineapples and it's basically sanctum of domination like you can play sanctum of pineapples and learn boss mechanics and it's super creative really well done i've done the first like half of three basically and it's such a great way to learn mechanics. Because if you think about it, it's um, everyone is a different kind of learner, right? You have your visual learner, you have your hands-on learner. You know, not everyone can learn by reading adventure guides or by listening to someone's description of it. And some for some people, videos help. For some, they just need to get their hands in there. And this is just a quick and very manageable way to explore the mechanics and get a feel for it before you get into the raid. And it's a really, you know, it's, it's fun. And the fact that someone put the effort into making this is really impressive. And I think if anyone's a raider and they want to check out the raid, you should go check out, check, check it out. It's, it's pretty awesome. Wow. I did an article with it recently. Uh, so you can find it there, but it's, yeah, the, the Sanctum of Pineapples. It's a browser game and you can download it. So, uh, if you are looking for raid mechanics and strategies and whatnot, and you want just a fun little way to practice it, you should go check it out. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I, yeah, I just echo what Ali said about the, the Sanctum of Pineapples thing. I, I remember I did it for the fir- for Shriekwing before we went into Castle Nathrae because I did that too. And that helped me at least be aware of the mechanics and kind of see how they work. Like So that helped a little bit. I, I kind of need the, the visuals of the actual abilities to help me out as well. So, but, but that in combination with just looking out looking at the fight and seeing the graphics and all that really helped me get that first fight down. Unfortunately, I, uh, uh, probably forgot the rest of the bosses for <laughs> Castle Nathria. Probably would have been worth me re-exploring those afterwards, but you know, whatever. <clears throat> I, I never actually play, uh, Mud and Chats mentioning the, the Castle of Pineapple, Pineapplea. And I did not actually check that out. Back no, then. you didn't. Did. You're the one who mentioned like, it last time. 
Was it? Am I really? Yeah. Well, I've slept since then. I hope so. It's been <laughs> at it's least been a while. At least a little bit. <laughs> I mean, uh, I nine point one is coming out this week, so it's been a year. Almost, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I sometimes don't have the best memory, but you know, I guess that's just one of the things that slips my mind. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, Bedros, I mean, obviously, Allie and I are very excited about the endgame PvE stuff, but what's, what is drawing you in in 9.1? Um, riding a mountain in the Maw that I don't have to go hunting somebody, somebody down to kill for one. Um, flying eventually. And having some, I, I'm really curious to see what the Corthia is going to be like. Uh, haven't really looked at too much from that, so uh, very curious on that one. I'm hopeful that uh, I'll get drawn in again. I uh, realized as I was looking in this week, uh, I never actually completed the um, uh, the campaign quest on my Death Knight. I uh, never did complete all that, as far as I recall. Uh, but that'll have to be something I'll get done eventually. And uh, I'm very curious to see uh, what the encrypted scenarios, uh, encrypted cinematics are. And uh, I'll be watching for people to, to release those around the 7th or so of July. So, uh, very, I mean, I, I, right, I, I really enjoy the story. I just don't want to have to go to a raid to find it. And... I prefer when people just post it on YouTube for me. It's, it's much easier that way. Uh, but yeah, other than that, just uh, looking forward to some fun, some con some fun content uh, and exploring some of the new stuff that's coming out. Uh, none of the changes we mentioned here really apply to me. Um, I, I won't be raiding. Uh, I don't need a an eight bit version of of encounters to learn boss mechanics because I'll never see those boss mechanics. And if I ever do, it'll be so easy to do that it won't require me to actually know anything. Um, and uh, I, I don't imagine that I'll be going into Torghast anytime soon. Uh, I, I don't think I'll ever craft a legendary. Uh, so there's not really a whole lot for for this in this patch for that, that everyone else is going to enjoy this for me. Um, I hope this will just give me a little bit of a push to get back in game with some of the changes making life a little bit easier for me. That's all. All right. Well, with that being said, um, let's talk about something that has a lot of people a little upset, and it's kind of surprising to get this stuff like when we got it because, you know, 9.1 comes out tomorrow. But hey, here we are talking about legendaries. Note from the future. Shortly after we recorded this episode, but late enough that we couldn't go back and have a new discussion, a blue post went up from Blizzard indicating that any legendary that is eligible for a socket in 9.1 will receive one upon upgrade. Additionally, they are attempting a fix that will indicate a socket will be added after the upgrade to the Rune Carver UI. As such, a good chunk of our complaints in the following section have been addressed. While obviously we're very happy about these changes, we're not incredibly happy about the timing of it because, you know, we just finished recording. Either way, enjoy this look into the past when sockets were not added for upgraded legendary items in the helm, neck, bracer, belt, and ring slots.
yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> so as we've mentioned in the past, we are going to have chances to upgrade our legendaries in this patch. They will require soul cinders instead of soul ash. And like we've mentioned before, you can get it from layers 9 to 12 in Torghast. And as well as the uh, weekly and bi-weekly quests in Corthia. So not only do you just need soul ash, but you also need the soul cinders. And you'll actually see how much it requires. I'll show you on the UI and stuff, right? Uh, so there is basically a minimum of two weeks to gather enough soul cinders for rank five. So for rank five, for example, you're going to need 5,150 soul ash plus 1,100 soul cinders. Now, if you're looking for rank six, that's going to take, and this is again, this is assuming you're doing everything that you could possibly do each week to obtain soul ash and soul cinders. So if you're getting for rank six and you're doing everything, that's going to take you about three weeks because that will also require 5,150 soul ash but the soul cinders gets increased to 1650. Just to kind of give you an idea of what we're working with here. It will require base items of 249 as opposed to right now rank four is 235. So we jump up to 249 and then for rank six, it's 262. So that, that gets pretty high. I'm actually kind of excited about that part of it. The base items cre are created using the vestige of, of origins, which is just fun to say vestige to increase rank three and rank four items to rank five and six respectively the vestige vestige of origins is a crafted item sold by the duchess minx <laughs> when you're honored with the corthia peeps over there and it's from the tome of origins which is 2000 stygia so to create this vestige, it requires 40 Corthia crystals. And as you can guess, you get it through doing activities in Corthia. So lots of, lots of Corthia in there. There is a campaign quest involving the rune carver to be completed to actually use the optional reagent slot for the vestige of origins. For the newly created legendaries of helm, neck, bracers, belt, and ring, for again, newly created. So newly created in 9.1, they can have a prismatic gem socket. If a piece of armor with those slots does not have a socket prior to upgrading, it will not have a gem socket. So it has to be like a new base item and whatnot, like a new crafted legendary for the gem socket. If the base item for these armor slots, you know, the, the, white quality when you get right. If it does not have a socket, it will craft a socket regardless of the tooltip tooltip display as long as it's a new legendary. So again, you're not upgrading your rank four to five with this vestige of origins. This has to be a brand new crafted legendary. Conversely, if you're upgrading a legendary without a socket, a socket will not be added even if the base item used to upgrade it has a socket. So the only way to add a socket to this gear is to recraft it after, you know, Tuesday or use an item that adds a socket. Like you get from Venari and whatnot. 
Yep. Clear as, and I hate to say this because mud is here, but it's clear as mud. <laughs> the logic but, but, behind all of this makes yeah. zero freaking sense. Yeah, and they're just, I mean, it's for some, at least in the beginning of the expansion, the legendary system was already a little confusing. <clears throat> and, you know, I think for the most part, the community has a handle on it now, but they're adding just more layers of complication to this. And it it is a little confusing. And some of the wording of their explanation of it is also a little confusing. And I feel like this was a lot of information to drop on us right before the patch. Cause some people just recently crafted legendaries in order to get ready for the patch. Like I know I just like th- two, three weeks ago crafted a shadow legendary and now I'm kind of kicking myself. Yeah. Like I, I was, I was starting to grind out Torghast in order to prepare to craft a ring legendary, and I'm glad I didn't, because that would have been useless. Well, not useless. It would have been not as great as the 9.1 version of it, because the 9.1 version of it is going to have a prismatic slot. Yeah, like okay, I'm. But I, I was watching uh, Talos and Ivatel, and they said that uh, crafting a rank five and a and upgrading to a rank five isn't the same resources. So you can just as easily craft a new rank five. Right. As far as they were saying, we can do that. But if I had spent those resources before 9.1, then, then if I, when I'm, when I'm upgrading it to rank five, I'm not going to get the socket. Yes, it uses the same resources. It just will not be as good because it will not have the socket. Okay, but you and can just you recraft do- it at a, as a rank five. It will have the socket, and you use the same amount of resources you as you will to get a rank five upgrade. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're not. Ar- so we're not arguing that. Just recraft it. Well, but if you just blew up, a, blew a whole bunch of soul ash on crafting one. Now, thankfully, soul ash is supposed to be easier to get. But that means you just used up all that soul ash right before the patch, and now you have to go make get more. All right, it is it, like, and, and we're going to be running Torghast a bunch anyway to get the soul cinders to to craft rank five and rank six, and that's fine. Um, but we we still have to spend what we'll we, we we'll have to spend gold on getting the base item, plus all the other secondary stuff like the missives and all that other stuff to craft say a ring and if i want to just recraft it at rank five post 9.1 i'm buying all those things again like it's not just an issue of the currency used to craft it it's all the other materials that go into it some of which are a little on the spendy side i'll be honest i've never crafted legendary only in part because i don't have the soul ash for it but i've never even bothered to try because I've never really understood the system for crafting legendary. So to me, it's, it's like, well, it sounds like I'm saving myself a lot of hassle by yeah. not even bothering. Yeah. The system, like when we first heard about being able to craft legendaries, we, we I think there was a lot of excitement within the community because like, okay, I'm going to, tar- I, I can, I'm able to target this specific thing that I want. And I'm not worried about the RNG aspect of, of like the legendary system and I can just get the one I want 
and you know we were all very excited about that yay yay for targeting stuff but the, these different subsystems have slowly chipped away at people's enthusiasm about this craftable legendary system and like this is just adding to that frustration because it's not the only thing that's requiring us post 9.1 to possibly recraft legendaries um so in 9.1 from the sanctum of domination we have the domination sockets that are available for i can't remember which slots off the top of my head oh wait no i, I got it written down cool so from from sanctum of domination you got the domination sockets available on gear and for regardless of class it will they will be on your helm shoulder and chest now after that it depends on the armor type that you're using if you're cloth you're going to have bracers and belt with the domination sockets. If leather, it'll be glove and, gloves and boots. If male, it'll be belts and boots. And if plate, it'll be bracers and gloves. So you take that into consideration with all the other legendaries that we have out there for the various slots. Like The ideal thing to have with the domination sockets, according to, you know... Um, the numbers that are kind of out there is ideally you want a full set of domination sockets, which means any legendaries that you have won't be able to take advantage of, of that. So if you want to be optimal, if you want to, you know, do what you can to help out your raid group, you're going to have to ditch your legendary in favor of these, of these pieces of gear with domination sockets in it. And recraft, uh, recraft that legendary, and hopefully the your ideal legendary is for a slot that that doesn't have a domination socket. Otherwise, you're kind of boned. So there's a whole bunch of legendary recrafting priorities as a result of all this weird legendary stuff. So <clears throat> first of all, you're gonna look at whether or not you have a helm, neck, bracer, belt, or ring because recrafting any of those slots in 9.1 is going to give you a socket which you know great and then you have to worry about the domination sockets and you know I, I went over what you'll have to recraft in those scenarios there's going to be so much legendary recrafting and you know people were upset enough about having to do it for the domination sockets and now we're going to have to do it for the socket sockets it's, it's not a great feeling, especially this late into the testing portion of nine point of the 9.1 PTR. And people and, you know, some people are looking ahead and trying to prepare for that. And now that preparation may have potentially gone to waste. I know um, there, there are multiple people in, in Phalanx of Nod who are very frustrated by this because some of them have already finished recrafting their legendaries in preparation for 9.1. And now they've got to rethink it. Luckily, like I'm, I'm one of the fortunate ones where the my best legendary right now is a cape, so I don't have to worry about any of this. But like, there are a lot of people who are frustrated with how these changes were kind of rolled out because I feel like most of this stuff was determined pretty recently. Am I remembering that incorrectly? It does feel pretty recent, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I, Ali, do you have anything you'd like to say about this? What are your thoughts? 
I'm eager to see it in practice because I know Solash is supposed to be easier to get and that kind of thing. As I was mentioning, as someone who just crafted a legendary, it's it, that that was time I had to put into getting that soul ash, and now I feel kind of silly for for that. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that I mean, Medros, you know, Medros was saying like the system was kind of you know seemed complicated to him now, and I mean before, and now it just feels even more complicated. So there's gonna be some that this is more complicated, and. That's that's a little rough. And like Mud was saying in chat, like they kept giving a little bit of a warning instead of, you know, this soon before the patch released or is releasing. So uh it's not that great. As of now, to me, it doesn't feel good. It could be one of those things that once we're in it and doing it and all this, you know, blows over we find out it's really not that bad because that, that happens sometimes where the community gets upset with things and then once it comes out, it, you know, calms down. But as of now, just purely first glance, it feels a little rough. Yeah, like even even the small things that they they could have fixed that, that just it doesn't look like it's going to be. The mismatching tooltips on the on the base white quality items, like post nine point yeah. one, you're, you're, you're adding a socket. Why can't why can't the tool why can't the tooltip for the items that already exist be updated to say, yo, it has a socket now? Like that doesn't make any sense, or just something there that indicates that yes, a socket's going to be added because right now. It is not clear that a socket is going to be added if you craft a legendary for those slots post 9.1 wellhead had a video up earlier that I was looking at and like it was very clearly a non-socketed item that they crafted and there was no indication there that a socket was being added until the item was created and they looked at the tooltip for like oh i have a socket now so people are going to be like going out of the way to find the socket the socketed items on the auction house or whatever because they think that's what they need post 9.1 when really, any of the currently existing base items will do the trick. It's the little things, like... Like, you, you might be right, the system might not be as bad as we're all, as we're all making it out to be, but just, like, th those small things are so frustrating. And yeah. it's just making it super unclear for everybody who's, like, invested in this system. Oh man, yeah. I just, I don't know. I can't, I, it's, I, I, I can't understand why this happened the way it's happened. Right. See, I, I kind of wonder if because you know, as we all know, this patches out late. You know, pandemic and whatnot. Totally understand. I, I think it's totally understandable. Part of me wonders if this is one of the systems that they were kind of baiting back and forth on during this time to see how to handle it and because it's just been so long now 9.1 like needs to come out because they're losing people right and left maybe they're just like you know what let's just this is the best we can do for now at the time we have let's just get this business out and we'll iron it out after it's released that's what this kind of feels like to me as of now like and I and I get to a degree like okay 
Like maybe, maybe they don't slap a socket when you're upgrading from three to four post nine point one. That's fine. You're upgrading the five to six. If you're upgrading uh, an already existing legendary, why not throw a socket on it? If that's if that item would have a socket if crafted from new. It like it it just doesn't make sense. It's frustrating. <laughs> If I had crafted yeah. that ring now, I would have had to. If I craft, if I craft that ring tonight, I'm going to have to rebuy that, rebuy the materials for that ring tomorrow, to get us to slap a socket in there. And you know what? Yeah, it's not going to matter for a lot of people. Like the that the extra bit of stats you're going to get from the gem isn't going to make or break most guild runs. That is true. That is true. But, you know, it's. I, I can't, it's the, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, 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 I want to say it's the perception of, of it. Like, I, I, I'm not even sure that's the right way of phrasing it. Just how it feels. Yeah, it feels gross. It feels like they're not listening to their players, really. Yeah, there was a complaint when the domination socket started coming out. Uh, like when we got more information about it, like which slots they would be locked to and all that, and kind of figuring out, okay, what's the ideal setup? Can we get away with just having the three for the set bonus or whatever? Um, and when it was figured out that you know five is the ideal setup, then okay, what we then people are gonna have to look at the legendaries again, and people complained about that, and like justifiably so. And after people go crazy complaining about that, they do something like this with these socketed items to just compound the frustration. Yeah, like, I I don't know that I understand why it seems like they don't put much thought uh, or consideration to what their players are going to think about the different changes. Um... The the most confusing part of it, though, is how can I put this? The most confusing part is that I don't know how they can't see what the community is likely to say when content creators in the community are able to so easily predict as soon as something is announced what's going to happen. Like, if I ask a dozen content creators in the community what's going to happen in in this situation, they're pretty much going to tell me what's going to happen. So why can't Blizzard? I guess is the best way I can put it. Yeah, and, and I'm not re- not sure I understand why they're they struggle so much in that regard. And, and like one of the frustrating things about all this is if it was just one of these things it, it was an either or scenario like I think it would, it would people would still be upset it wouldn't be as bad especially if it was like just a domination sock it's like okay that's something new for 9.1 and that's fine we'll adjust but adding both of them at the same time just doubles down on it yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I personally, I'm I'm excited about the domination sockets. Like, I think it's going to be, at least, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, adding that on top of changing up the legendary system itself, it it does feel like a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I think there should have been a significant amount of warning that this was going to happen. Um, and when the reaction was clear, there should have been a plan to address that before the patch launched in, in a method of something like, okay, we understand you're not happy about this. This is what we're going to do to fix it. Uh, this is when we're going to have this available. You know, it may take a week or two, but we, we will have a way for you to get all your stuff back if you created a legendary beforehand. You know, or something like that. Some way to address it so players would be a little more happy about it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the easiest way that they could fix this, if they want to keep going forward with all this, if you're upgrading, if you're upgrading a legendary for one of those slots that gets a that gets a socket from four to five, it just adds the socket. It's an easy, it's an easy thing. Well, in theory, anyway. But I think that would make people feel a lot better about how this was implemented. I mean, yes, people are still going to have to recraft legendaries to account for the domination sockets, which is, you know, whatever. I would not I would not be nearly as upset about the domination socket thing if upgrading a helm from rank 4 to 5 just automatically added the socket. Cuz we know they can do it already. Mhm. You can take a base item with no socket and craft it at 5 and it'll have the socket if it's an appropriate slot. So why can't we do it for the upgrade? Yeah. Um good question. You know, thinking that out at a time and putting something like that in would have made a lot of sense. Oh, I feel like I haven't teed off like that in a long time. Okay, I'm good. I'm calm. <laughs> so overall, like we're 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 looking down the barrel now of this patch. You know, it, it is coming within hours. Uh, overall, uh, how excited are you guys for this patch? So excited. Yeah, I mean, as much as I'm complaining about the different systems and all of that. Like, there's a lot of interesting and fun things to look forward to in 9.1. We've got a whole new area of Corthia to explore. We've got Tazavesh, which looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Sanctum of Domination is looking fantastic. Um, even Mythic Pluses. I'm, I'm excited about Mythic Pluses again. And the uh, Lieutenants that we're going to have to kill for the um, Tormented Affix. Sorry, Tormentic, I think is what we decided to call it. Like, yes. that'll put an interesting spin on it, too. Well, whenever I get the chance to do that content. So, like, there's... Like, I'm not... I know I just crapped on them on what they on some of the systems they've been putting in, but there's legitimately still just a bunch of stuff that I'm looking forward to playing. I'm just going to complain to high hell about this legendary system. I'm so excited for new story. Just, I, mm, there's so many things I want answers to and so many things I want to know. And so in addition to, like... You know, all you know, the mega dungeon and the raid and stuff like, ah, oh, new story. I'm, just, I'm so excited. I have only two lore related questions going into this patch. Okay. What is the fate of Anduin? What is the fate of Sylvanas? And if you know those answers, I don't want to know them yet. I want to hear, I want to know them when they come out. Yeah, there are people, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of speculation going around about Sylvanas, especially just because of the title you get when you kill her. Uh, or when you do, when you in, defeat her. Indeed. Sorry. I don't actually know. I just... I said kill because it's a raid boss. Indeed. Indeed. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. have to wait and see. 
Alright, I think that's about it for our news, isn't it? Um, well, unless we want to kind of rehash the stuff we've talked about over the past few weeks, in the lead, in the past few months, sorry, in the lead up to 9.1 that uh, um, has been kind of talked to death about already. We could talk about Mythic Plus changes some more. If you want. Uh, I Did we get a uh, cinematic for this uh, other than, like... The Anduin at Bastion. No, I think we we just was that, got or was the, that the we just got the BlizzCon line cinematic. Okay. Although you know we might see something tomorrow. Oh, you know what, Manny? See. Manny just reminded me of something. Sylvanas did find this unclaimed legendary cloak. Um, some paladin left it behind or something like that, and just didn't pick it up from the dry cleaner. <laughs> and now it's and now it's going to help her do all the things. <laughs> well, you know, some people just can't help but leave powerful stuff around. Yeah, well, we a saw get it cleaned up after himself. Yeah, we, we 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 saw the claim ticket. It had an M on there, but I couldn't really make out anything else. I guess we'll have to see what happens. Indeed, <laughs> we shall. Well, while we're waiting for that, Medros, why don't you talk to us about our next sponsor? Sure. If I told you the name of an organization. I want to kind of get your, your first thoughts based on the name of this organization. The Ethics and Compliance Office. Sounds like a lot of bureaucratic bullshit stuff. Allie, what, what do you think of that name? It depends on the context. Because knowing the book series you've been doing lately, it makes me think it is some kind of sassy pirate HR department something or other with some sarcasm mixed in there and irony all right well uh our, our today's second sponsor is of course the great folks over at audible you can get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash hea reads 2021 that's bit.ly slash hea reads 2021 now nearly 500,000 dollars to choose from for your ipod or mp3 player now for those who are keeping up with our our book series that we're doing right now the Expeditionary Force series, you'll know that at the end of the last book, the Jarapha Ethics and Compliance Office arranged to have a small number of ships happen to come into the hands of the humans, enough ships that they're able to start building their own space navy. And our, our book, this is the, the currently the most recent book in the series, uh, just came out a few weeks ago. Uh, making me very much crave for more books in the series because I really want to know what happens next. This is one of those really, I really wish like the writer could do write faster or that I waited longer to find the series. Um, let's give it a listen to Breakaway, uh, the latest book in the series, and we'll be back on the other side. The Rindaloo heavy cruiser Spear of Rantalas hung motionless in space. Relative to the Jarapha Ethics and Compliance Office ship will do sketchy things, both ships having completed exhaustive sensor sweeps of the battle area. To describe the action that took place there as a battle was inaccurate. It was a slaughter. The senior surviving officer of the ECO ship We Were Never Here was Commander Zeline Fentanyu, and she did not have anything useful to report. The second group of Jarapha ships that were awaiting transfer to the humans had been ambushed by an overwhelming force of Maxalt's warships without warning. 
All of the ships designated for transfer were systematically destroyed, along with the star carriers they were attached to, and their frontline escort vessels. The attack had been a complete shock, but what truly concerned Captain Utavio Scarandum of the Ethics and Compliance Office was why had the humans never arrived at the rendezvous point? They were supposed to meet the second group of ships to take possession and guide the star carriers to the remote, inaccessible forward operating base the humans had established at the edge of the galaxy. So now that you've seen or heard some of the names of the ships of the Ethics and Compliance Office, any thoughts uh, change of yours on the, uh, on, the, on the the idea behind this organization, the Ethics and Compliance Office, Toasty? Um, well, this is awkward. Uh, remember when the Mac was going crazy a few weeks ago? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I muted it because uh, because it was going crazy, and I forgot that I had muted it. So I spent the entire time wondering, like, why isn't anything playing? And why isn't anybody making fun of Medros for not playing it? Gotcha. Ali, do you stand by your opinion that this this organization is, is, is well, sketchy and... Um... I'm I'm gonna throw more irony into my statement. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, they are neither ethical nor do they care about compliance unless you're not complying with being unethical. Uh. <laughs> so uh, basically, they 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 are uh, they're a very good cooperating organization to the Murray Band of Pirates. Let's put it that way. Uh, and, and this, like I said, this series makes me sad that I'm I'm caught up and now I have to wait probably another two or three months at minimum for the next book. Because uh, I absolutely want to know what happens next. Um, I'm not going to tell you how this book ends. I'm just going to tell you, you're probably not going to expect it until right near the end and I mean, it, it it makes total sense when you when you put it all together, which you really don't have any opportunity to until right near the end. So uh, definitely a really fun read, uh, and I really recommend anybody who has that opportunity to read this series. Uh, it is uh, twelve books right now, I believe. Uh, I, if I recall, this is book number 12 of the series. Um, yeah, this is book 12. And uh, there's two of the Maverick series books. Uh, we're going to read, read, go into those in the next couple weeks. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying this series. Uh, wish that Craig Allenson read faster. Uh, but between the, the writing of Craig Allenson and the uh, reading of R.C. Bray, uh, this is one fun series, so I uh, definitely recommend checking this out. Um, you'll hate the kitties. You, you'll probably be okay with the hamsters. You'll hate the lizards. You probably won't like the cybernetic guys very much, uh, but you'll enjoy the pirates thoroughly, I'm sure. Um, anyways, uh, enough about the series. Don't want to spoil it all for you guys. Definitely go check it out over at bit.ly slash ATAReach2021. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. So question leak from last week that I apparently completely forgot to tweet out, and I do apologize for that, uh, is if you could add one thing to 9.1, what would it be and why? 
Seraphis says, reforging our damn existing legendaries into a slot that we can actually use and upgrade them into since they dropped this nonsense of, oh, hey, here are required slots for gear with these new gear gems or whatever. Just let me drop my legendary into a scrapper. We have this thing in BFA. Let me put my legendary in it. Let me get back most of my soul ash. Not even asking for all, but let's say 75%. Trashy item and the missives, fine. Let me pay a small fee or give me back all the soul ash for it and let me drop, say, a thousand soul ash as payment. Whatever, just let me reforge it to where it's not flipping useless. I think he had some opinions. Yes, yeah? yes he did. Uh, Mud says, I know we are getting flying in the next few weeks, but I still want my flight master's whistle. Stormbrewer says, player housing, just make it happen. And I, what I would like to see added, because it has not seen an update in a little bit, I think. Um, more transmog appearances for the Trial of Style, please. I was very disappointed when like I got nothing new out of the last one. So, gimme. All right, and Joda says I would add some I wouldn't add something rather I would remove the training restrictions on loot. Not at the very beginning, but once the race to World Force is over, I would love for us to be able to trade loot freely. Keeping loot trades restricted to the, for the World Force race is a necessary evil to make sure another Emerald Nightmare never happens again. Uh, next week's question is, how do you feel about the changes to legendaries in 9.1? Hey, guys, I think we might have an idea on what uh, Seraphis thinks. What do you guys think? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. We, yeah. we might just be able to copy and paste that, that answer. In fact, that's exactly what I'll do next week. <laughs> if he doesn't answer. Indeed. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to tee off again, or are we good with... <laughs> sure, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm yeah, actually We haven't good. heard from you in a week, so we need some more time. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. Well, fine. Then. I've calmed down Don't a little cooperate. bit. Don't cooperate with me then. Fine. I mean, that's just what I do, dude. I know. Well, uh, let's do some shout outs then, I guess. Uh, since you weren't here last week, let's do, let's start with you. You have like five to catch up on. All right. I'm going to give a shout out to the Montreal Canadiens. Congrats on making it to the Stanley Cup finals for the first time since 1993. Here's hoping you can bring back the cup to Canada. Although I won't be mad if Tampa, if Tampa Bay wins because that means Pat Maroon is a three time in a row Stanley Cup champion. I'll be happy either way, honestly. There are a lot of former Blues on both teams. Traitor. Continue with your next show. Sorry, I apologize. I, I, I misspoke. But 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 that was it. Uh, other than to you guys, five. I said five. Okay, I'm going to shout out to Ali for uh, for holding down the fort while I was sick last week. Thank you very much. I would also like to shout out Medros, who also held down the fort while I was sick last week. Thank you very much. Um, You're welcome. I'm going to give a shout out to our lovely chat who was both very active last night or not last night last week while i was away I, I i checked in whenever i was you know conscious see how things were going and thanks for hanging out tonight we really appreciate it uh how many is that that's four that's four uh shout out to my parents who impulse <laughs> bought a hot tub and it's very nice Ooh. All right. 
Allie, how about you? I am just really excited for 9.1 tomorrow. So my shout out goes to everyone at Blizzard who has been working so hard to get this out. Even with, you know, sometimes when the community can be negative and they're dealing with their own lives and the pandemic and whatnot. But they, they're, they, they pushed through and worked hard and it's coming out and I'm very excited. So just shout out to everyone who's been working on it. All right. Um, I have three shout outs. Uh, first one, uh, overdue, uh, is a shout out to the folks at Blizzard, uh, who arranged to get me not one, not two, but three books. Uh, I got the exploring, uh, uh, exploring Eastern kingdoms one. Um, I got the folk tales one. And today I got the cooking one, the new cooking one. Uh, New Flavors of Azeroth by Chelsea Monroe Castle. Uh, and after the show, I'll explain why the, the front of the book made me laugh so hard today. Because uh, I can't explain it on the show, because it's, it's, it's not suitable for the show. Um, and uh, the second, also belated, uh, is a shout out to my nephew, who got engaged a couple weeks ago. And uh, I'm very happy for him. Uh, very excited for him, and uh, look forward to, uh, to him exploring the joys of marriage. Trigger warning. The remainder of this episode contains discussion of abuse, racism, and death, following the discovery at a former residential school at Kawasis First Nation in Saskatchewan, Canada. If you do not wish to hear this discussion, please end your listen of the show here. If you are able please consider donating to the Indian Residential School Survivor Society at irsss.ca or finding a similar charity through True North Aid at truenorthaid.ca slash first-nations-charities-html. Um, and then my third one, and and, and I, I do want to say that I, I really absolutely despise having to do this um so we mentioned a few weeks back uh that out near Kamloops BC there was 215 bodies of residential school um victims for lack of a better way to put it that is appropriate uh for for what was discovered um The the feeling that went through my my head and my heart when that was discovered was okay. That seems like a lot, but that also seems small. And uh, this week, a residential school in Saskatchewan, uh, which is much closer to Manitoba than BC is. Uh, the local tribe close to that school uh, announced that uh, an investigation of the area around that school discovered uh, unmarked graves for roughly 751 bodies. Uh, some of them children, some of them adults, most of them children, I would say. I would say it's likely most of them are children because uh, there likely wouldn't be a lot of adult deaths at a residential school. Um, I'd like to say that I'm surprised, but that'd be a lie. Um, 
I am heartbroken. I am enraged. Um, it makes me sad when I hear from people who say, oh, I never knew they were like that. Um, because that's true. Um, I did not hear about residential schools until I was out of, out of school. Um, most Canadians, uh, likely never heard about residential schools or if they did, they were, uh, taught in such a glowing positive light to be presented as a, an overall positive for the attendees of those schools, uh, by a curriculum and in some cases, educators that feel that, uh, beating and torturing history and tradition out of children is just peachy keen. Um, and that progress demands the abandonment of the past. And I will simply say that anybody who believes that is true has failed the title of educator. Um, there have been a lot of bodies found at, at these schools. Uh, I doubt this is the last instance. Um, some people I know, some people I've known for many years, did not realize that I'm part Native. Uh, I am what's called Métis, which is part Native, part European. Started part French, but uh, then other Europeans started doing fur trade and, and mixing and such. Uh, so I, I understand that I take this subject very seriously, a lot more serious than some folks do. Um, and I take offense uh, more significantly and more seriously than some people do. Um, I believe strongly that any person uh, with a heart and a soul would be shocked and saddened and disgusted by those schools and what was done at them. I do not believe that anybody with a heart and soul would shrug and say, oh well, or they're better off for it um, when they were stolen from their families and forced into schools that wanted to take those traditions from them. And I understand the people who created those schools was they, they had a, a, an idea and they had a purpose that they felt was just and sound and made sense to them. 
And I would simply hope that if they are alive today, they would regret their creation of those schools. So, um, I will not promise to not bring this up again. Uh, because if in a few weeks or a few months, there's another 500 or 1,000 bodies found in another school, because there are many of these schools, I cannot promise that I will not get angry and that I will not want to come on here and rage. Um, I have tried very hard to uh, be conscious of language and of message. Um, those who've been listening to the show for a long time know I can rant and I can rage um, like nobody else in this entire community when I'm on a tear. But in respect of those uh, who lost their lives after being kidnapped from their families, I try to be reasonable and patient and better than those who stole them. So uh, my shout out is to the families, uh, those still alive and those long past whose children disappeared one day with no word and were never heard from again because they died at the school their kidnappers took them to. And I hope my country will accept and attempt to learn from the mistakes that those schools were so that one day Canada can be a place that every person within its borders can be proud to be declared as a citizen of. Because when news like this comes out, it's hard to say proudly that I am Canadian. It's very hard. And on that, uh, let's get to our retro. If you'd like to reach us by voicemail, our number is one seven eight five ATA WOW five. That's one seven eight five two eight two nine six nine five. You can send emails to show at allthingsazeroth.com. And if you like what we do here, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash allthingsaz. Join our Battlenet group at bit.ly slash bnetata. Check out Ally's show at dungeonfables.com and Toasty Stream at twitch.tv slash toastypostycan. Find all of us on Twitter. The show is at allthingsaz. I'm at Medros, at Fandeth for Fandeth, at ToastyPostyCan for Toasty, and at K for Ally. You can find the network at Dawnforge. And please do check out other shows from the Dawnforge network, including GroupQuest. And we'll be back next week. In the meantime, take care, happy hunting, and we'll see you on the other side of hopefully a couple of Canadians' wins. Copyright 2021 Dawn Forge Productions. Head to the Dawnforge.com 
for more information.